welcome back to the DD Dragon Podcast. And today I'm joined by oh sorry. Yeah, today I'm joined by my Maria Town of the American Association of People with Disabilities. Um welcome to the podcast. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so like how how do you um get involved with disability? Like, so, like what's your background? Um, so I was uh, born with a disability. I have cerebral palsy, uh, which is a neuromuscular developmental disability. So in some ways, I've been involved with disability for a long time, just by birth. Um, But I really, um, you know, got, uh, I didn't really have a disability identity um until i was older and got into college and began to um read memoirs by other disabled people and uh participate in the field of disability studies and began to engage in some advocacy on my campus um i ultimately was able to get a job that focused on young people and disability employment within the um, U.S. government at the Department of Labor. And I was a policy advisor there for a number of years. And from there, went on to work in different positions in government related to disability. And now um, I lead the American Association of People with Disabilities. And um, it's it's really in- incredible. Yeah. And yeah, so you have to work with Obama administration and did that have any impact on what you do now? Do, do you feel comfortable sharing your experiences on working in Congress? Uh, could you repeat the question? Oh, it's just I, I remember reading that you used to work for the Obama administration for a period. I did, yes. Yeah, do you, did, did that sort of lead you to where you are now? And do you feel comfortable like sharing your experiences? what it was like to work in Congress? Um, so I, I haven't worked in Congress. I've worked, um, you know, in the in the White House, in the executive branch. Um, now I spend a lot of time trying to get Congress to do the right thing for people with disabilities in, in my advocacy role. And when I worked for uh, President Obama, it was... Um, an incredible experience. Um, so in my role, I was responsible for making sure that the president um, understood the priorities of the disability community. And I was responsible for making sure that people with disabilities were connected to President Obama's priorities. And, um, you know, at, at the time, I don't think there was as much dialogue or knowledge around how things like climate change impact people with disabilities. So um, sometimes it could be hard to get people engaged in some of the president's priorities because it wasn't a sort of typical disability issue. And at the same time, sometimes President Obama, um, there wasn't, you know, a, a ton of interest in some of the disability community priorities. And I had to sort of make the argument on both sides. Um, 
I got to bring disabled people into um, into the White House and facilitate, you know, meetings between them and the president and senior advisors. Um, and it was very fast paced, um, you know, that we had an, an obligation to kind of respond to things in real time, both, um, both good and bad. And, um, every day was a little bit different and, um, it, it was, um, it's, 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 I'm still kind of in disbelief that I got to do it, but it, it did leave me, lead me to where I am today for sure. Um, so my job was, was tied to the president. So when president Obama left office, um, I had to find a new job and I went on to work for the city of Houston in Texas and lead the mayor's office for people with disabilities. And, um, shortly after I started hurricane Harvey hit and it was a, a huge, huge disaster. Um, and I was able to use a lot of the community engagement and organizing skills that I'd learned working for President Obama to keep the disability community connected and to build support networks so that people could remain connected to things like durable medical equipment or get replacement hearing aids or get services to their home that had previously been unreachable. Um, and in my current role, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not working in government. I'm in an advocacy position, but because I understand how government works and I also understand, uh, you know, the experience of being disabled and the needs in the disability community, um, I, I hope I'm able to be effective. Yeah. And so, you know, like what, so do you, so does the APD, like, like, do you work with like the media to promote disability? Do you work with schools, et cetera? Or we do. Like, we, do. we, um, so we engage in a, a lot of advocacy at the federal level focused on like national, um, policy, positions and we <clears throat> excuse me um and and that can be focused on things like inclusive education in both the primary uh you know primary education and as well as secondary and higher education like college and universities uh we work on things like accessible healthcare and non disability non discrimination in healthcare we also work on issues related to um, accessible technology and reducing disability bias in AI. Um, these are just a few of the policy issues that we work on. We also have programs. One of our programs focuses on um, getting people with disabilities registered to vote and addressing issues at the polls. Uh, we have a few other programs that are focused on really building the leadership of the disability rights and justice movements in the United States and addressing employment outcomes for people with disabilities and trying to make sure that people with disabilities can have um, 
really meaningful career development experiences that lead to uh, careers that can can support people's goals and dreams and allow them to be economically self-sufficient. And do you feel that your work has helped sort of improve the understanding of what it's like to live in Monday, Monday America with a disability? Have you sort of helped bridge the gap between those who aren't as informed, who weren't as informed before you, like, and those with disabilities? I hope so. You know, that that's such a, it's such a big question and it's a tough question to answer. I do think like, I, I do think we've made a difference. I think um, that people understand that disability is a part of diversity and uh, a part of the larger civil rights movements in the United States in part because of our work. Um, I also think that there are some um, ways of thinking about disability that are so deeply entrenched in our society, uh, like the charity model of disability or the medical model of disability, that um, even though we have done this work for decades, it will take really decades more to get people to realize that disabled people have agency and dignity and, you know, we shouldn't have to, um, we, we shouldn't have to like rely on charity in order to get our, our needs met. Um, and I, you know, I, I have to say it is, frustrating, right? I see for every story that we might get into the media around um, like the the need to support better home and community-based services in the United States, there's like 10 stories about how wonderful it was for a, um, you know, disabled kid that their dad had to like build a wheelchair for them because it wouldn't be covered by insurance and that is supposed to be heartwarming when really that story indicates huge massive issues um yeah. with our systems and i just i think we have so much work to do yeah and and he's hoping that this episode will be able to play a small role in that yeah i hope so too i i think it will and you know, I do think that um, I, I, I'm not a kind of social media utopia person at all, but I do think that particularly for younger generations of people, um, the sort of creator economy, the creator class, uh, you know, people like you, podcasters, um, TikTokers, vloggers, who have been able to create these platforms where disability is discussed and highlighted have been um, a hugely powerful force in helping folks understand what our lives are like and um, uh, helping to address ableism. And when I think about like the range of information and representation that exists out there about disability today compared to what existed when 
I was young. I mean, it's, it's just such a, a huge, huge increase. And I hope that in like subsequent generations, we'll see more people who um, accept disabled folks who recognize, who are not afraid to claim disability for themselves and who are interested in really shifting the way that our culture works. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Well, thank you for your kind words and thank you for joining us here today. If you'd like to know more about, um, the American Association of People with Disability and Maria's work that we links in the description below. And once again, please feel free to like, share, leave a comment, whatever, leave a review. And Maria, would you like to say any like final words on the subject before we go today? Sure. Uh well I, I actually should have described AAPD. Um <laughs> so yes. at, at a- yeah. Uh, the American Association of People with Disabilities. We're a we're a nonpartisan nonprofit, but um, within that, we are a national civil rights organization um, that is cross disability, meaning that we don't focus on a specific disability diagnosis or experience. Um, we instead focus on increasing the collective power of the more than. 60 million disabled people across the United States. Um, We are also disability led. So as I mentioned, I'm disabled myself. All of our staff are people with disabilities um, as well as 75% of our board members and all of our board leadership. And I think one of the reasons that organizations like AAPD are so important is because historically disabled people have not Um, been given the chance to really lead for ourselves. Um, We've had so much paternalism connected to disability advocacy. um, And AAPD sort of stands in in contrast to that. Also, um, one of the other reasons that AAPD is important as an organization is because um, while, while work that focuses on a specific disability experience is important, um, it's really only through recognizing our shared struggles, our shared joy, our shared vulnerability, that we can come together and um, really push for these huge systemic changes that we need. And historically, again, disabled people have not only been segregated from mainstream society, we've also been segregated from one another. And in in my experience, isolation um, is still something that really harms many disabled people. And I think, um, you know, we exist as as a way to kind of grow opportunities for people with disabilities to experience community. And um, I, I just think it's so critical. And I, uh, I think that the, this, this podcast does that as well. So again, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. Oh, and thank you for being here. Again, see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.